The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Today on Sports Grid, Craig Mish, Davis Maddock. We're going to have updates for you throughout this hour of the show and a full recap coming up a little bit later as Scott Farrell goes coast to coast. Stay on the grid with us for the latest on all of this. Uh, Davis, another trade to bring to you in the NBA. The Toronto Raptors, losers of nine straight games. Pretty clearly, we know which direction they are headed. They've decided to part ways with Norm Powell, who had a nice game last night, has really had a nice season for them, too. Where's Powell headed? So Powell is headed to the Portland Trailblazers. The Raptors are going to get back Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. So I I have to say from a competitive basketball perspective, I just do not. This is a bad trade for the Raptors. Um, Gary Trent Jr. is having a really good season, the best season of his career. He is heading into restricted free agency. Rodney Hood bounced around a bunch of teams now, and I think this is his fourth team now. I actually have always kind of liked Rodney Hood but don't think that he's a big part of this trade. So the the Blazers are taking on Norm Powell's money, and he is, I think it's a four-year, $74 million contract, so kind of a mid-tier deal, and he does make them better. I mean, Norm Powell is better than Gary Trent Jr. That He is a better uh, defender. He's a better scorer. They can play him next to uh, McCollum and Lillard, and I, I think they'll be fine. But I, I just wanted to see the Raptors get more for Norm Powell. And if this was the price, if this is the price, you know, two mediocre contributing, I mean, maybe that's not fair to Gary Trent Jr. Why why are other teams, why were the Lakers not in? Why were the Clippers not in? You know, if the Clippers could have gotten them for, you know, a couple of their role players, I mean, why were they not in on Norm Powell? Because Norm Powell is a really good NBA player. Yeah, and, and he's been great to play in DFS over the last couple of months, too. He's been a really nice uh, player for everyone. Uh, okay, so uh, just kind of reset in terms of trade. In our first hour of the show, Davis, we talked a lot about the Orlando Magic. So, Davis, let's reset those trades that they made. They made it pretty clear that they're going to be playing for the future, while the Bulls look like they're playing for the present. So Magic basically stocking draft picks up. They've acquired two first and two seconds today, correct? Yes. So they did uh, two separate trades. The first one was they traded away Nikola Vucevic. He went to the Bulls, the trade summary there. The Bulls got Nikola Vucevic and Alfa Rukamino. The Magic got Wendell Carter Jr., a guy I really like, Otto Porter Jr., and two first-round picks. Then immediately after that trade, the Orlando Magic traded away shooting guard Evan Fournier to the Boston Celtics for two second-round picks. I mean, two second round picks, whatever. Like, uh, I I felt like Fournier was going to get more than that. I think he is making a decent amount of money and is not a free agent after the year. So you have to factor that in, you know, to how teams are are working into, you know, the the crazy wizard science that is the NBA salary cap that I don't think anyone actually understands. But clearly, the Magic are pressing the reset button here because then after those two trades, they made another trade. They traded away Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to the Denver Nuggets for R.J. Hampton, Gary Harris, and a first-round pick. R.J. Hampton and the first-round pick were the big part of this deal. Gary Harris included in this trade to make the money work. Uh, you know, I, I would imagine that the teams maybe tried to get a third team in there to get Gary Harris off of the Magic's books and to get him on a good team. Gary Harris, you know, a good soldier in the NBA, has been a good player for a long time, really solid defender, decent three-point shooter. Uh, not that any of those things are going to matter, you know, for the Orlando Magic, but uh, an interesting trade. 
for the Denver Nuggets here. Don't don't love it for them. Would have preferred them to send this same deal and get Lonzo Ball in return. But maybe Lonzo has been playing so well. I mean, maybe we're seeing the Pelicans saying, well, if everyone wants this guy, right, if we're getting calls from all the 31 other teams about this guy, maybe we don't want to trade him. Maybe we just want to watch him grow because he really has gotten so much better this year. Yeah, and, and listen, this to me, a day like this is interesting. I try to be as transparent as I can on the show here with the NBA because it's it's one of the sports that I don't cover as closely as Davis does and Brett Levy does. So I'll say this, I'll say this just by telling you, Davis, that my timeline is being filled by uh, all the people in South Florida saying that the Heat has acquired Kyle Lowry from the uh, Toronto Raptors. Now, again, uh, this is coming from a reporter who covers the NBA and I'm I'm not all that familiar with it, but um, I'll just I'll just tell you that's what's on my timeline right now. Whether or not that's true, what we'll do is we'll try to figure that out during the break. But the reporter's name is Brandon Robinson, and he is verified. Uh, who is, and he is saying that Kyle Lowry is being traded to the Miami Heat. And obviously, if he is right, he has beaten some of the best reporters in the country. And if he is wrong, this is the final time he'll ever get mentioned here on the show on fantasy sports today. So, uh, but Davis, certainly that's the big name we're waiting for. I wonder if that ends up happening. Yeah. I just, again, I just, well, okay. Here's one thing I'm thinking, man, I would love to have a Tyler Hero Raptors Jersey, you know, right. One of the, one of the Raptors throwbacks when the, the first, when the franchise first got started, I would love to have an official NBA license, Tyler Hero Raptors Jersey. So maybe I changed my mind. Maybe I am on this trade just for selfish reasons. Cause I really want, I really want that jersey. So that I, I flip-flopped here. I think it's a bad deal for the Heat. I don't think they should do it, but I do want that jersey. All right, we'll see. We got a two-minute break. So during this two-minute break, we'll take a closer look at this and see. Uh, try to get all of these things verified for you. Uh, luckily, where I am here in South Florida, maybe unluckily, it's all Heat fans that follow me that I follow. And so naturally, maybe this is more hope than fact, but we will see very soon. More fantasy sports today coming up, latest on the NBA trade deadline and following along here as we get ready for the opening day of Major League Baseball season. Also news on White Sox outfielder Eloy Jimenez as well, and it ain't great. We'll have that next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sportsgrid.com, Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, our producer, Brett Levy, keeping us updated on all of the trades and rumors in the NBA. And at this point, Davis, there is a reporter saying that uh, Kyle Lowry has been traded. Uh, I, 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 what I don't do is I don't debunk any reporter because, Davis, I've been on that side of it where, you know, I'll report something. Someone will say, oh, 
don't go by Craig Mish. You got to go by somebody better. And then, it, then, you know, why would I do it if it wasn't true? And then it ends up being right. It doesn't make me feel any better. So uh, I, I, what I don't do is I don't discount anyone. But at this point, there is a reporter that's saying that, that Kyle Lowry is going from Toronto to Miami. But it's, it's still just one reporter at this time. And so we'll just have to see if he ends up being right. Our producer, Brett Levy, is telling us there's another reporter that says that there's a rumor of him going to the Los Angeles Clippers. But I think what it's safe to say is that by 3 o'clock Eastern, even though we won't be here on the show, it looks like Lowry will end up being somewhere else. Yeah, it does sound like he'll be somewhere else. And and I think he knew that last night. Um, he had a very emotional press conference after the game last night. Uh, flash, flash the deuces to the camera when he was leaving the court probably for the last time as a Toronto Raptor. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't move. And I do think some of these reporters are just getting their shots up though. Cause they feel like it's so likely for him to move their, 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 you know, they, they see so much smoke that they assume the fire has to be there. And if they were the first one to tweet, you know, Kyle Lowry right. has been moved, yeah. right. Then, you know, well, that's pretty good traction for your, uh, for your social media. It is. I've never done that. I've never done that. And and I've broken a lot of stories over the last few years. I've never just thrown a shot out. I, I, I just don't see the point to it. To me, it's got to be real or nothing. And by the way, it's got to be from two people for me or nothing. If I just get it from one person, I got to have somebody else tell me that it, that it's true before I go down that road. But we'll we'll keep you updated here for sure. As somebody who reports a lot on Major League Baseball and some in the NFL too, I can tell you, of all of the things that I've done in my career, and I've been at this a long time, uh, listen, winning expert fantasy leagues is extremely difficult. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. Uh, but I put that kind of in the in the wagering category where there's no real cons- you know, winner every year. You can win sometimes and you lose sometimes based on luck. Developing relationships and breaking stories is the hardest thing of, of anything that I've ever done. And nothing else comes close. It takes a long time, a lot of relationships. It's extremely stressful, extremely difficult. And I'm glad that I'm the one just reporting on what everybody else is reporting today. I like that idea. All right, so we go back to baseball here for the time being, and uh, saves is going to be a, a tough a tough pill to swallow for some people because you're going to lose your closer almost immediately at the beginning of the season. Edwin Diaz is the closer for the New York Mets, at the very least to start 2021. Probably you would put him somewhere in the middle ground in terms of having a long leash with the Mets. They do have... A few other players who are in the mix. One of them is Miguel Castro, who they traded for last year. Another is Aaron Loop, who they got in the offseason. Another who is not in the mix is Dellen Betances, whose velocity is not quite what it was a couple of years ago. Manager Luis Rojas talked about the possibility of Castro and Loop being in the mix for saves if need be. I mean, I think I think you guys have seen how uh, those guys have been throwing the ball consistently throughout camp. Uh, those guys, uh, you expect to be part of that mix. That when you mention closer uh, or different guys that are going to close, those, those guys will definitely be on that mix. Uh, depending on uh, what the order is, whether it's in the seven, eight, nine, or who we're going to use, like they'll shuffle. You know, we'll shuffle those guys towards back end of uh, uh, of the games. You know, you you can you can have familiar there too you know, with his experience. Uh, he may be doing that, uh, the group that you mentioned as well. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think yes, it is, it is fair to say that those guys uh, are going to be in that mix. Davis, at this point, Diaz is the closer, but the names that we're talking about here would be as if he blew two or three saves. They'd give somebody else an opportunity. Familia's gotten so many chances. I, I just don't see him being the number one guy after that. But I got to tell you, in leagues that I've played in, and especially in the NL format, these two players that we're going to talk about weren't taken at all. Maybe we should have more awareness of them just in case Diaz falters. Miguel Castro, I know a lot of people around the league who really like this guy. If he could ever harness it, Davis, I'm telling you, this is a potential closer down the road. I don't know if it's with the Mets or someone else, but he, he could end up being a special player. Aaron Loop, I'm not as sure. It would be more of a matchup type situation. But these would be two players that if you end up having Diaz in a very deep league, you got to make sure that you back them up with one of these two. Yeah, uh, I don't have an opinion on who is better between Castro and Luke, but Diaz is one of those guys that we kind of think of as as he's got a blow up in him, right? He's got a blow up or two sitting there in his locker. So I do think we probably will see some of those guys. You know what's weird to me 
is that Dylan Betances has not been used as a closer really since 2017. He got some saves in 2018. He got four saves in 66 innings. But Dylan Betances, I, I know he was bad last year in, in his uh, 15 games. He had a couple, you know, huge blow-up appearances. But I just have always really liked Dylan Betances. You know, I, I and, and he's getting on, uh, you know, the older side of his career now. He is 33 years old. But I, I just have always kind of liked Dylan Betances. So I, I, I think that he would probably be in that mix as well. My guess is it probably ends up being a kind of gross committee um, if things do break out that way. Yeah. What's interesting is is the complete interview. The reason why I bring these two names up, Davis, is because essentially Betances is not in the mix at all. He's just not throwing nearly as hard as he used to. Uh, a lot of questions asked, are they concerned with it? Uh, Rojas said they don't think he is hurt, but he has just not come back with the same velocity that he had two years ago. So uh, he would have to be somebody that I would cross off any list at this point, at least based on the conversation that I saw yesterday. Uh, Castro, to me, would be probably the main guy with Luke being the backup there. And then Familia as a third. Now, in Kansas City, Davis knows very well, Greg Holland is going to be their closer to open up the season. Seems to have at least revitalized his career a little bit. Used to be one of the best closers in baseball. Completely fell off. Chose to not sign a contract. Signed very late a couple of years ago with the Cardinals. It was an unmitigated disaster. Now back in Kansas City. Feels very comfortable there. Royal staff in terms of their bullpen, was very strong last year, and Holland says he thinks this year could be better. I don't it being better than it was last year, to be honest with you. I mean, um, you know, a lot of things have to line up. you got to stay healthy. Uh, but I think there's more experience this year uh, with a lot of guys getting getting that opportunity last year. Um, so I think from an experience level, we'll be better. I, I think from a depth standpoint, we've got a lot of depth. We've got a lot of younger guys who are on the cusp of being in the big leagues. Um, you know, I, I just plan on however it works out, you know, you're going to end up being 15, 20 pitchers deep down there, um, when it's all said and done. Uh, but I think we've got the depth for that. And I think we just look forward to collectively going out there and getting the job done. And I, I think that's, what's exciting. And, and that's what the makeup of a good bullpen is. And, and there's no question that when players get older, Davis, you always have to keep an eye on who the backup is at that closer position. The Royals have a lot of options, and it's not just these two that we're going to show you, but Josh Stalmont would seem to be the main guy there to get the saves, but he was a name that was talked about maybe being even traded in the offseason. Kyle Zimmer was so good last year. He certainly is deserving of at least an opportunity, and they have Richard Lovelady and a couple of other players, Davis, that could also pitch the night. Don't forget they brought Wade Davis back too. So I don't think that this one is as clear. I would guess Dalmont is the quote-unquote handcuff to Holland, but I'm not entirely sure that it would be just one guy if Holland was not to pitch well. Yeah, I think they'd use Stalmont. I think they'd use Zimmer. I think they'd probably, for for memory's sake, right, all the great memories that Wade Davis made in Kansas City, I think they'd probably give him a couple cracks. I actually had another auction, a 12-team mixed league auction yesterday, bought Greg Holland for, I think, 13 bucks. You, you knew going into an auction that I, I had to get at least one Royal. Most of the good Royals players were kept. Witt was kept. Mondesi was kept. Had to get Greg Holland. All right, so that's the update on the closer situation. The update on the NBA trade deadline is coming up next. Also, injuries in Major League Baseball, a big part of what happened over the last week in spring training. So stay with us here on The Grid, right here on Fantasy Sports Today. And on tomorrow's show, Pete Patella, the assistant general manager of the Houston Astros, is going to tell us who will be leading off for their squad this year. It's kind of an important question. We'll have that for you tomorrow. Go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all 
all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock with you here on Fortrid.com, also on many of your streaming devices. If you haven't found us yet and you're watching us on demand on YouTube, very easy to find, especially on the Roku app is one of the ones that I usually recommend to people. Very easy and simple to watch just by pressing a button and you get to watch us live talking about the NBA trade deadline. If anything happens between now and two o'clock Eastern, when we get out of here, we'll give it to you. But, Davis, we had a nice, clean month and a half of spring training in baseball, didn't we? There were so few injuries. No one was having Tommy John surgery. No one was going to be out for four to six weeks. And then I don't know what happened, but over the course of, like, two days, we just started losing second and third round picks one by one. We're lucky that Fernando Tatis Jr. isn't hurt. That would have been a huge one. But it looks like he's going to be okay and going to start opening day. But George Springer with an oblique and Zach Gallen with a forearm. And today, there are some reports that Eloy Jimenez of the Chicago White Sox, who was playing left field yesterday in a Cactus League game, jumped over the wall to try and catch a ball. And his arm kind of you know, fell over the wall. And, uh, and and there is a report by someone saying that he's going to be out a long period of time and the injury is serious. And that would potentially be the most devastating injury of the entire spring training fantasy season. I'm hoping for the best there. I mean, so brutal. Eloy Jimenez, my favorite second, third round pick, 40 home runs, 280 batting average, 100, 100, you know, a key part of that White Sox order. And, you know, in a weird way, the only reason he's even playing the field is because Andrew Vaughn is a poor defensive first baseman, right? If Andrew right. Vaughn was a was a, a C-plus first baseman and they thought they could stick him at first base and let him play the field, we wouldn't even be having any of this, right? Eloy would just be the full-time DH. There would be no onus on the organization to play him out in the outfield. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that... These things just tend to cascade. It just, but what a bummer. I mean, Eloy, we love him. Big, he, He's like the, the fantasy baseball mascot of this show. We've probably talked about him more than any other player. I have him in the Raz Slam, have him on all these you know fantasy baseball teams. And I, I am uh, hoping and praying for a speedy recovery for our friend, Eloy Jimenez, because I was really excited to watch him play this year. Wasn't excited to watch him play the field, though. Wasn't looking forward to that. And we already have reaped the negative consequences there. Yeah, well, what's interesting, Davis, is that this offseason, the White Sox did not re-sign Edwin Encarnacion, and I fully thought that the main reason why is because they wanted to play Eloy Jimenez a designated hitter and, and just take out any possibility of him being hurt and having him in the lineup every day, and, and they did not go that route. That's going to end up costing them for sure. Let's take a look at some other injuries. You saw them very quickly. Let's go through them here in Major League Baseball. Chris Davis of the Rangers is probably undraftable at this point. He's going to be out weeks. Kevin Biggio has a bum pinky. He should be okay. Uh, JT Real Muto uh, is going to catch for the Phillies this week, and he should be in the opening day lineup for Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I suppose I wasn't here yesterday. We didn't have a chance to talk about Kirby Yates, Davis. Kirby Yates for the Toronto Blue Jays going to miss the entire season, and the Blue Jays paid him pretty well. I, I saw some reports that maybe the Blue Jays should have known this because he had some issues with his physical going in. Remember, he's had injury issues over the last couple of years. It's just such a shame that that you know you build your whole life, Davis. And 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 I always talk about this here on the show. You don't build your whole life as a baseball player to be a reliever. You're a starter, and then when you're not good enough to be a starter, you become a relief pitcher. And there's nothing wrong with that because you can excel at a very high level. But it's like this notion that you're 12 years old and you can't and you're saying I can't wait to become a relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. It doesn't exist until you get to high school and you get to college and they realize 
that you're just better off usually throwing one inning. It happens, or two. And for Kirby Yates, his career just hit this pinnacle with the Padres, with being arguably the best closer in baseball. But Davis, since then, injuries, and then just kind of having to rebuild himself a little bit, got a pretty good contract with the Blue Jays, and now they got to look back on this. He may not throw a single pitch for the Blue Jays, even with this contract. We've seen that happen before, where a player signs, doesn't even throw a pitch for them. Blue Jays are going to have to go to backups. I saw Romano as a possibility. Uh, Rafael Dolis is the pitcher I like in particular more. I, I hope they give him an opportunity too. But, boy, the closer position is just so volatile, and it never ends. It's so volatile, and this is why you know your draft strategy that you talked about is so strong, which is just don't draft the expensive closers. Anyone can throw their elbow out, especially because, as you mentioned, you know these guys came up as starters. Liam Hendricks used to be a starter with uh, the Blue Jays. Aralis Chapman was supposed to be a starter for the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, all these generational guys, I mean, especially like the guys who come from high school, they, they were starting pitchers. They, they came in the minors as starters. And the most common reason why a guy switches to be a reliever from a starter is they have a lack of control. So what they do is they transition to a bullpen role and they start throwing every pitch with maximum velocity. A lot of the times they only have two pitches. They'll have a fastball and they'll have you know a changeup, a slider, a curveball. Very rarely do you see a closer who has three really strong pitches. You know that that definitely takes a, a weird confluence of things to happen where you have you know a reliever who can throw multiple off-speed pitches and locate their fastball because. To, you know, when when you find those guys, when you find those unicorns who can throw 99, locate that 99 mile an hour pitch and throw a change up for strikes. I mean, you just will do anything you can to start those guys. Uh, but most of the injury updates that you and I are going to be doing for a course of the Major League Baseball season are they're going to be relief pitchers, right? Because they do yeah. throw with that max velocity. They do throw maximum effort on every single pitch. So they're more likely to get hurt. And in specifically with the case of Kirby Yates, this is one of my favorite things to explain why I don't draft injured players and why I don't draft older players in fantasy football and fantasy baseball, which is once the milk goes bad, once the yogurt is spoiled, how often do you see that yogurt be good again? How often are you going back in there the second day in a row to take a sniff of that milk to see if it's better? And that's just, it's sad, right? And well, I don't, I don't want my heart to pour too much for Kirby Yates, who is, you know, making a ton of money, more money, you know, probably than I'll ever make in my life to, to throw a baseball around uh, a dirt and grass field. But yeah, I mean, once, once a guy has that Tommy John surgery, once a guy can't find that control, we just really do not see those guys recapture the magic very often. It was interesting you said probably in terms of the money. So good news. Davis still has a shot to make it in, uh, in Major League Baseball. I've got to keep my eye on that too. Uh, Jose LeClerc going to be out multiple weeks for the Texas Rangers. Matt Bush may get another opportunity to close there. I want no part of anything with Texas. And then also, as we were doing the show, I noticed about a half hour ago, uh, Tampa Bay Times is reporting that Nick Anderson is having issues with his elbow and some tightness and some fatigue. And so... You know, Davis, the thing is, is that with with fantasy football, you you cannot convince me an early draft is is worth doing. I, I, I refuse to draft early. I always want to do it the night before the season because I want to have as much information as possible. And, and I try to do that as much as I can with baseball. I don't know that there is a safe zone ever to draft in fantasy period for a season-long league, but I was feeling so good on March 23rd that we got to this point and the season's on the first and we're eight days away. And it just goes to show you that if everybody would have waited to do their draft on the 26th of March, they probably would have come out with a lot better of an outcome. Yeah, I, I actually do really like to draft early and specifically um, I, I really like to, I, I really like to draft early in fantasy football because the guys who are trendy, the guys who get uh, you know shot up draft boards, you're able to get good deals on them early in the year. And I play a lot of the, the high stakes fantasy football contests, football guys players championship, the FFPC main event, and those other leagues. So I I, I want to draft in June and July. I I really want to get 
I really want to get after it then because I, I can get some good deals on guys where the good prices are going to evaporate. But actually, I feel the opposite in fantasy baseball where, yeah, I'm going to lose out on some things, you know, some guys who get pushed way up, guys who maybe were, were waiting to see if they're healthy and things like that. But for in fantasy baseball, the injuries matter so much, right? Because in it, it, this weird thing in baseball, it's like, oh, a pitcher gets hurt. It's not like when your quarterback gets hurt and misses a month, right? Lamar misses a month with a rolled ankle, whatever. But in fantasy baseball, a lot of the time when your pitchers are getting hurt, that's it. It's Tommy John. You know, they're, they're having to go under the knife and you lose them for mm-hmm. the year. Same thing for closers. So I, I think that the way in which players get injured makes the fantasy baseball strategy a little bit different. Yeah, see, I like I completely disagree, and I would counter with this. Is it worth it to get that edge in the sixth round, Davis, for you on a player that would normally be a 10th round pick, and then conversely to lose your first round pick for the season in the preseason when it would completely derails your fantasy team? Like to me, I just don't think that that is worth it in baseball. All I don't like drafting early in baseball too, but Davis in baseball, you got 25 guys on your team. In football, you're only starting like six or seven every week. And you lose your first round pick. Was that juice worth the squeeze to to lose that guy? I just I, I don't think it is. That that and that's just me. Yeah. Well, also, you know, I probably do like fifty fantasy football leagues every that's year. True. And I bet you are I bet you are in a much more manageable, you know, four or five, you know, one with your buddies, maybe. Yeah. Like uh which is, you know, you got you got kids, Craig, you got a life. But but me, I'm still out here grinding every small little edge. I can find. And that's, uh, that's okay. You know, people always want different things out of their time. That's true. If I was in 50 leagues, I, I, and, and doing them on the NFBC and all that, it does make a little bit more sense. But for me, yes, it's like in the home league that I've been playing for 30 years and, and, and I'm in a dynasty league too. I'm awful in that also, but uh, my home league is the one that we have probably the most amount of money, hundreds of dollars. And every year it comes closer and all of us together are like, Let's just wait. Let's do this two nights before the season, run a waivers right before the first Thursday game and and make sure that we got as much information as we can. But point well taken. If you're in 50 drafts, you can definitely have a different strategy for each one of those for sure. Fantasy reality is coming up next. Latest in the NBA draft as well. Excuse me, NBA trade deadline as well. Stay tuned. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On tomorrow's show, Pete Patella, the assistant general manager of the Houston Astros, will be with us on Fantasy Sports today. Give you the inside information that you need to help you win your fantasy baseball league. What the lineup will look like. 
I'm going to ask Pete about their prospects. I'm really intrigued with the Astros prospects because I'm not on a backfield at all in 2021. It's just crushing me this year. I don't get to see anybody in person. It's been rough. Uh, not to mention, uh, we're going to have Jim Sanis breaking down this week's NASCAR event and our friend Ray Albright from Razzball. So that's all on tomorrow's show. we got a loaded, loaded Friday show for you. Preview college basketball's uh, Sweet 16 as well. Davis, as we close the book for this two-hour show, before we get to fantasy reality, let's close it out with the biggest impact trade in the NBA that was made while we were on the air. Give it to me. I think the biggest impact trade for the playoffs is going to end up being this Aaron Gordon trade to the Denver Nuggets. You know, no, no disrespect to the Chicago Bulls, but I think they're looking at six, seven, eight seed kind of as their best case scenario in the Eastern Conference. Whereas, you know, I do think the Nuggets, I, I think they can come out of the Western Conference. You know, I am such a believer in Nikola Jokic. Uh, Aaron Gordon means they don't have to play Paul Millsap any more minutes. So that is pretty big for them. So I, I'm going to say the trade that sent Aaron Gordon uh, from the Orlando Magic to the Denver Nuggets for RJ Hampton and Gary Harris is going to end up being uh, the best and most impactful trade made thus far. All right. Well, still 20 minutes to go here on this show. And of course, coverage continues here. Coming up, Scott Farrell, 4 o'clock Eastern, going coast to coast. Game time decisions in game live have all the results for you. And we'll break that down on tomorrow's show as well. Fantasy or reality as we close out this Thursday. Let's get started. Spring training is coming to a close in one week. Opening day begins. The final spring training games are being played this weekend and Monday. Then they will break camp. The season will begin next Thursday, and I'll be here with you guys uh, on opening day as well, along with Davis. Fantasy reality, Davis. They start in February. They end in April. Spring training is too long. Fantasy reality. So I know some people do get kind of grumpy about spring training. They're like, look, let's just start the games. I want games that count. I want games in the standing. I want games on ESPN. I want games on Sunday during the day. I kind of like it. it. It gives me a nice ramp up. The pitchers definitely need it, and the pitchers definitely need it this year. They really need to be slowly ramping up their arms this year since many of them only threw like 60, 70 innings last year. I mean, even some of the postseason starters didn't even get to 90 innings pitch. So I definitely think uh, I, I like spring training. You know, put it on the radio. I can kind of tune in and out. I don't have to play fantasy baseball yet. I don't have to be setting my DFS lineups. Don't have to be in there on my daily transactions. So it's just it's a nice, calm, relaxed atmosphere as it pertains to baseball. So I I, I get why people think it's so long. I mean, what if they, uh, you know, basically, what if they weren't even publishing the results of these games and they were kind of like intra-squad behind the doors games? Then would people think it wasn't too long if they only got like two weeks of it that they had to pay attention to? I I, I think this is a reality. I think spring training is just about right how it needs to function. Yeah, I, I think it is too long. You make some really compelling points from a fan's point of view. I think the players and coaches all feel it is too long. But the one important thing that you said, it's more for the pitchers than anyone else. I mean, these hitters can get in a cage and do all their work in the offseason and face major league batters. I'm sorry, face major league pitchers, Davis, for two or three weeks and be good. They're basically forced to do it almost for a month and a half. Uh, I, I think it is too long, and I don't know if it's going to change or not. But the one thing that has been really important in the past is that the minor league affiliates have been able to see the major league teams. They usually do a little barnstorming at the end of spring training and go show them the major league team versus the minor league team. That's not even happening. I, I think a reduction is coming in the next CBA. And I don't think it'll be significant, but I definitely could see instead of like a Valentine's Day beginning to spring training, I could see a almost first of March spring training beginning uh, maybe the week before the pitchers come and then the games start almost immediately, just forcing the players to get ready more on their own. I think that there's a chance of that happening. I will say reality, it is too long. It's my favorite thing in the world, not this year. This has been the worst spring training of my life. I've not been able to do anything. Uh, going to games only as a fan, can't speak to any of the players. Uh, it's It's been horrible for me. Regardless, it is my favorite thing and didn't get to do it this year nearly as much as I wanted to do. But reality, it is too long. Okay, NBA playoffs are coming, and it seems like every year we get to the end of the line, Davis, and the West is always better than the East in terms of the standings. But I don't know. This year looks a little bit different, but I feel like if I look at the standings for the last 10 years, eight of them, maybe nine, will show that a team in the East 
and the eighth spot and maybe the seventh did not finish 500. Why has this happened for my entire life? I don't know. Fantasy or reality, every team in the NBA's Eastern Conference playoffs will finish above 500 in the regular season, Davis. Fantasy or reality? So these are the teams that are locked in to finishing above 500. The 76ers, the Bucks, the Nets, the Hornets. I'm going to give it to the Heat, who are 22 and 22 right now. I also, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to I'm gonna make a bold prediction here. I also think the Atlanta Hawks are a lock to finish above 500. I, I think they've been playing so well under their new head coach, Nate McMillan. I think Trey Young is playing you know, basically the best basketball of his career. John Collins looks really good. Clint Capella looks really good. They're getting DeAndre Hunter back from injury. He didn't play for about a month. I, I am bullish on the Atlanta Hawks. But these are the teams I have questions about. The Knicks, they're 22-22 and 22 right now. I do not think the Knicks are a very strong team. Um, they have some really interesting young pieces, right? Julius Randle playing uh, uh, unreal, right? All-star game for the first time in his career. Emmanuel quickly playing quickly, becoming way better of a guard than anyone uh, imagined that he would be. But the Pacers, the Bulls, the Raptors, I mean, these are teams that are not going to get to 500. What could push these teams up is the Magic, the Pistons, the Wizards right. and the Cavs are all going to enter into the tank race. It's all about getting to the best possible draft slot that they can. And they're so far divorced from what's going on in the Western Conference because the Kings and the Thunder and the Pelicans all have 19 wins. Uh, the Cavaliers have 17 right now. The Wizards have 15. The Magic have 15. And the Pistons. So I will actually say this ends up being a reality if we cut it off at the eight seed and don't count the play-in games, right? So if you don't count the teams getting in there for the playoff games, I think that just the math is going to work out that the teams at the very bottom of the Eastern Conference are going to go so hard at trying to tank out that actually the remaining teams should all be able, you know, one through eight, they all should get to a 500 or better record. I'm going to say fantasy. I don't think it's going to happen. Can I ask you a question, Davis? Why Don't sports run in cycles? Isn't eventually the East supposed to be bottom at the bottom better than the West? Why, why has this never changed? It, it feels like every well, year there are two or three teams that are below 500 in the East, and we always say the West is better than the East. Now, I understand the Raptors won the championship, and the Cavs won the championship, and the Heat won a few championships. I get all that. But the playoff picture is always the same, as you just mentioned. Six teams above 500 in the East, the seventh is a maybe, and the eighth's a no. So it's a marquee market thing. These are the marquee markets that exist in the Western Conference, right? Clippers, Lakers, both of them. Mavericks have mm -hmm. the state income tax. Uh, the Spurs have the state income tax, but they are just the best-run team in professional sports. The Golden State Warriors similarly you know in terms of being the the best run and uh and then i i think that it's it one it is the marquee markets right they have la they have dallas and they have the spurs that's just always going to give them a competitive advantage compared to the eastern conference uh where they have i guess the knicks is the big eastern conference uh marquee team and the celtics too as well but Boston, not, you know, like the, the best market in the world. But the East has had teams that for 30 years have been run by incompetent doofuses, right? The Knicks under James Dolan, they have the, they, the Knicks should have the biggest competitive advantage in sports, right? The biggest media market in the country, unlimited spending money. Everyone wants to live in New York. Doesn't matter at all. Uh, the best run team in the Eastern Conference is probably the Miami Heat. You know, and they also are able to offer the no state income tax. But but really, it is just so many of these teams, the Pistons, the Magic, the Wizards, the Cavaliers, uh, the Bulls are a marquee market, but they've been run by people who are incompetent by and large for the last, you know, really since Michael Jordan left the organization. So I, I think it really is just that the same owners have been in charge of these teams and the same owners keep making the same mistakes. It's just so weird. I mean, the Clippers 10 years ago, Davis, were nothing – uh, you know, Golden State was down last year. Like, I mean, it just never changes in the East. I, I'm just waiting for that one year to say, like, wow, the East is so strong, one through eight. And it just never happens. Um, but, you know, fair comparison there, no doubt. Okay, so now there's the story that's been going around online, and it's, it's caught a lot of people's attention. It caught mine a couple of days ago. Uh, it came from a comedian who said that he opened a 
a, a box of cinnamon toast crunch, the breakfast cereal, and posted a picture that showed that he says showed uh, pieces of shrimp tails in the box of cereal. And then, of course, there's a lot of people who think that this is real. There are some people who think that this is not real. And there's really no clarity on the situation. I've, I've seen some of the posts by the company. The company is asking for the box. The comedian says, like, he has to be home to get the box from FedEx. Like, it's just like this craziness that's going back and forth with this. Uh, they're convinced that it did not come from their packaging plant. It may have come from somewhere else. Even if it exists, they're saying it's probably not that. Davis, this is a tough one here because no one wants shrimp in their cereal. I get it. But Cinnamon Toast Crunch is one of those all-time great cereals that just has withstood the test of time. Fantasy or reality, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is forever tarnished by this so-called shrimp incident. Uh, no, no way. So the first thing that people always mistake in these incidences is we always overrate how many people in our real lives are actually on Twitter. You know, I spend all day glued in, locked in. I'm checking Twitter just all day when, when we're working, you know, checking the trades on the show. I'm checking it before I go to bed. I'm checking it when I wake up. And this whole saga has mostly played out on Twitter. Not, I mean, maybe there was like a New York Times article on it or something, but mostly it's played out on Twitter. Your average person checking in at the grocery store, going to go get their cereal. They don't care. They're getting Cinnamon Toast Crunch. If their kid likes Cinnamon Toast Crunch, they're getting Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Now, uh, I try to be more economical about my junk eating these days. Like if I'm going to eat junk, I want it to be junk that I really like and that really satisfies me. So now the next time I go to buy breakfast cereal, it's probably not going to be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't know if it has anything to do with the shrimp tails. I'm more of like a Cocoa Puffs, Captain Crunch style guy when I'm trying to eat uh, you know, some junky breakfast cereal, but I, I don't think it'll do any permanent damage. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll see a short-term dip or as often when we see with these things, when something gets reported in the news for a wrong reason, it just raises the brand awareness and people subconsciously are buying it. So maybe we'll see the sales on Cinnamon Toast Crunch spike, which would be pretty hilarious. I'm, I'm selling this as a fantasy. They will not forever be tarnished. I think it's a fantasy also. It's also interesting to note that I've read some articles where the companies that the people who have said that it happened end up suing the people uh, for for defamation. And and is that a possibility here? I, I, I thought this could be a reality, Davis, until I saw the person that this happened to start posting the private direct messages from Cinnamon Toast Crunch. They wanted to pick it up so they could have it tested. And he was like, now I have to be home to get it from FedEx. I mean, come on. You're going a little too far with that. Uh, Fantasy. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, no one's going to remember this in two months. It's going to be over. Like Tiger King. We even talk about Tiger King here anymore? Be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
and welcome back to Fantasy for today. A topic to end the show. I can only imagine what Davis has on his mind after hearing that Eloy Jimenez could potentially miss six months of the Major League Baseball season. That is the season for Eloy Jimenez. My gosh, we'll have more on this tomorrow. Davis, sorry to throw it to you with bad news. Take it away. Yeah, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling vitriolic today, so I'm going to I'm gonna complain a little bit here at the end. Well, really not complain. I'm actually going to urge other people to stop complaining. I think there's a pretty good chance, some, some degree of certainty, that NFTs are stupid, that non-fungible tokens are stupid, that 10 years, 20 years, they'll be worth no money. What I don't understand is the impulse of people to tell everyone who will listen that NFTs are stupid and that people are wasting their money and that there's no point and, and it's stupid and it, it you, you can't hold it and it's you know it's a copy of a picture and I can look at it for free and so on and so forth like other people enjoying something shouldn't take away your enjoyment of things that you love and uh, and care about so that's my thing stop complaining about things that other people like let let people enjoy their things very well said. I, I wish that I was in on the NFTs, but I'm not here to tell you that I don't get the hustle. And I do get the hustle. Here's what I don't get. I'm just popping around on social media, either I think it was last night, maybe this morning, I forget. The days are just running into each other. And I see the Chicago Bears send a tweet out of a picture of Andy Dalton in a Bears uniform <laughs> with a QB1. I... I sent this to our producer, Brett Levy, thinking that this was fake because I just couldn't be 100% sure that this is real. Now, I got to say, I got nothing against Andy Dalton. I like Andy Dalton. I think he's been a good quarterback in the NFL for a long period of time. But he's really not anymore. What What is going on? What, what are the Bears doing here? I, I don't think that I've ever seen a situation like this where you're just basically advocating getting a quarterback that looked like he potentially can't play anymore and promoting the situation. Are the Bears advocating social media tanking? I have no clue what's up with the Bears. Weird. Thanks again to James at LTN for Brett, Danny, and Ryan and my co-host Davis Maddock. I'm Craig Mish. See you tomorrow. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.